When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fire away. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show. Most importantly, Judd's Hockey Show includes a side of my Mm. guy, Declan Goff. Declan Goff, what's up? Not much, Judd. How are you? I'm good, and I am... How can I put this? I'm cautiously optimistic. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm cautiously optimistic because uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, and on Tuesday, National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman held a virtual press conference at which he went through a litany of the proposals for the return to play, which, which by the way, the players have approved portion or they've approved a lot of the stuff that they threw out yesterday. But this, just to be clear, does not mean the return to play is done. Correct. Still has lots of steps left, including much like baseball. Most importantly, the financial ones. So we are not good to go, but we are good to talk about potential playoff, uh, or I should say, qualifying round matchups. Um, I feel like we don't want to spend the show going through all the proposal because it's just really long and it's out there on various websites, including ESPN.com. So I think what we should stick to is things that pertain to the topics that we're going to talk about, including the Wilds potential 7-10 matchup in the qualifying round against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, And could certainly get to things uh, such as there are right now proposed. There's going to be two hub cities. There are a proposal of 10 potential uh, places that might be one of the two, including um, the St. Paul market, which, by the way, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, why is it? But actually, it's just St. Paul. Like, why is it so difficult? No, it, I, because I do think there's going to be people housed in Minneapolis. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's but the they're going to play. Cities. It's the Twin Cities, exactly. And 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 you know, they're not going to play in both sites. They're going to play if they do play here at the X. But anyway. Uh, your thoughts on on what you took away from the proposal and the fact that we do have the uh, at least potential now of at some point in time, probably early August, if this thing starts with a seven ten qualifying round. It's not the playoffs. It, it's gonna we're gonna take this from twenty four to sixteen teams. Declan, your thoughts on the potential Wild Canucks series? I like it. I don't think they could have drawn a better opponent for a, for a playing series. Um, I know Vancouver went all in at the trade deadline trying to bolster some things, and they're very young and inexperienced. I think I think Vancouver's on the rise and could be a very good team down the road. But I think the Wild can very much handle a best of five series with Vancouver. And mm-hmm. this is such a unique situation where it's hard to like we had Greg Wyshynski on the Mackie and Judd show on Wednesday morning, and he said, Look, the Wild were playing very good under Dean Evison and they were red hot. But guess what? We've been paused for now two months and and probably four months by the time hockey resumes. So whatever hot streak 
or cold streak that was happening for any team is out. And we also don't know how rusty people are, how people, how, how much uh, how are they in shape? Are they ready to play hockey? But I think just in terms of if I look at the Canucks and what they bring and what the Wild bring, it's very close and even, but I, I think the Wild are not the underdog in that series. I really, I think, I think the Wild can upset Vancouver. I'm for it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. Now, now, the thing that I would say is, is to go back, you know, you can't take away to your point about how teams were playing in March because it's going to be so much time passed. Um, but yeah, if you're going to give the Wild an opponent and just to go through the West here, Declan, uh, quickly, the five twelve matchup will be Edmonton, or I should say would be Edmonton and Chicago, which is the 12th seed. Nashville is a six seed versus 11 Arizona. 7-10, as we just said, is Vancouver and Minnesota. 8-9 is Calgary and the Jets. It's a good matchup. Um, the interesting thing that, that strikes me about this, too, is, and I actually, in this truncated format, like it. Only having to win three games is a huge factor here. Because you, you can definitely, no question, surprise a team in three games. Four games takes a little bit more, and I, I know it's just one more win, but it takes a little bit more to get that win. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about, okay, three wins, extremely doable. Here's my question, though. And and they didn't go in, into this because there's still a lot of things to be worked out. How are we going to do this with two hubs? So, like, are we going to have an arbitrary? Is game two of Canucks Wild going to start at two p.m.? Because it's going to be day. It's going to be one rink, right? As yeah. a hub rink, two rinks, but but one for the west, one for the east. Are we just going to have? And it'd be great fun to watch. But just a day full of games, and one day the Wild and Canucks are going to start at you know ten o'clock in the morning or 2 yeah. o'clock in the afternoon, and the next they're going to start at 7 o'clock our time at night? This is the logistics that they got to figure out. It's very complicated, right? Um, I do love the best of five. And to be honest, I know the NBA had this format up until like 2002 or so. And, 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 and hockey had this until I think 85 or, or 86 or something. Honestly, go back first to this. Round. Go back to this. Go back to best of five series for first and second round. I'll even say second round. Whoa, whoa, make, whoa. make conference That's finals and Stanley Cup best of sevens. Absolutely, I'm here for it. But I'm all about getting your season done so much quicker. That means eliminating regular season games. That means truncating the playoffs. And also, like I, I know hockey playoffs are very, very special. And it's very hard to talk about changing a format that involves the Stanley Cup. But, man, you play some of those seven-game series, and we've experienced this as covering and, and as Wild fans. You, you go through two seven-game series before you even get to the conference finals, and you've played 14 games. That's a huge well, difference. Potentially. I would, much, I would prefer to go to 60-some 60, 60 regular season games. Okay. And then if they ever went, and they won't because they, they make – too much off the playoffs. If they ever went back to the best uh, three of five in the first round, I'd be like, okay, fine. Sure. Starting second round, I, I think it should be best four of seven. But if you lopped off, and they won't, unfortunately, if you lopped off regular season games, mm-hmm. started the season in November, for instance, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. and then went four rounds of playoffs, but first round was three of five, I would sign off in a second. Yeah, I think it'd be ideal too because but they won't do it. Hockey, 
hockey would be, I think, beneficial to start around November instead of October like they have been doing. You can, you'd still, in your hypothetical scenario, you would still finish your season around the same time the season would finish in, you know, the first week of April, let's call it. But your playoffs would be done basically a week to two weeks beforehand, right? Or before a regular, yep. full, normal season. Yep. So I think, I think that'd be beneficial. I also believe, and Wyshynski touched on this too, they are using these little formulas, play-in tournaments, round robins, best of fives, as almost a placeholder of, can we test this theory out and also then apply it when things do get back to normal? And I think that's the biggest thing that I want to see happen. We're going to get now 32 teams when Seattle comes in the fold. Mm-hmm. Let's say in by 2030, there's two more teams. Let's just call it that. I'm just, we're going to go down that road. Sure. So now you have 34 teams. Well, now you're going to have to expand the playoffs. You probably are going to expand the playoffs. And if does that mean... Do you want to do a round robin for the top four seeds? I don't think so. If, if you've played your butt off for six, eight months and you're one of the best teams, you shouldn't have to prove anything. That's why I despise the one-game wild card in baseball. It's another topic for another day. But I do think you could do some type of play-in tournament for those last two seeds to get some excitement into one of those sure. bubble teams. So I, I think this formula, if it ever does get finalized and actually put into place, yep. is going to be so beneficial to hockey because... Hockey right now, I mean, marketing-wise, hockey actually had a pretty good day on May 26th. One of their better days for marketing of the sport. Nothing's going on right now in the sports world. So even this plan, even if this plan goes by the wayside here in a month we and another spike happens or we just can't figure out the health logistics of resuming hockey and COVID, which is a very realistic possibility. I'm not dismissing it. It's going to be the money that um, derails them. Hockey has a chance here to kind of be, kind of rise up from the ashes. Yep. And prove to every sports fan that, oh, actually, I like hockey. And also, now, can we apply some of these theories to the regular season once it actually applies? So Greg said, what, in in his perfect world, I think he said 20 teams, once Seattle is in, would make the playoffs instead of the current 16 teams? That's a lot. Um, No, the one thing, so, so the Bettman presser was great. And Gary, to his credit, did a good job. He did. He did a really good job. The, face. the lottery thing is impossible <laughs> to get. But besides that, yeah. you know, they threw up matchups, and I'm like, this is great. I'm looking at matchups. It was like um, March Madness. But, but when when Mike Tirico had Donald Farron, who, who is the former head of the Baseball Players Association and is a hard ass, he's a hard line guy, mm-hmm. like as hard as he's really, really good. And he ba- he basically didn't want to dump cold water on the National Hockey League's announcement. But he also basically said, there's a lot of work to, to be done here. Oh, and yeah. I, and they, they're going to run into the exact headlong into the exact same problem baseball has, which is, okay, if we're going to take this risk, we need to get paid and we need to be compensated well. And they're going to get a lot of pushback from guys saying, but we need to make our money. And this is where it, it's a problem. Um, in going through the matchups, I'm going to give you one foot from the West that excites me. And the Canucks Wild does not. I think it might be fun, but it doesn't really like oh, sure. jump off the page, right? Yeah I, know, yeah, I know what you mean. Are you as excited by the potential of five Edmonton <sighs> against twelve Chicago? Okay, as I it I because because Edmonton plays no defense, mm-hmm. and Chicago can and Patrick Kane, God bless him, can score goals. That series might be as close to the National Hockey League circa nineteen eighty six. No matter how you feel about the two teams. As you, it might be great fun to watch. I agree. I, I, part of me is very puzzled and will be very upset if Chicago figures out a way to get into the playoffs 
over an Edmonton team that I think should be in the postseason regardless because of who they have around their team. They've just been a better team. So I'm a little bit scared that the Blackhawks could ruin that idea. But look, that you have to put in 12 teams. And, you know, unfortunately, a team like Montreal in the East, now they, they are in the playoff format, you know? like So you have to draw a line somewhere. Right. But I guess if, if you're just asking me, like just as a hockey would, fan, I, would I enjoy an, a high-flying, still, still firepower-y Chicago team, which does have some nice supplemental talent behind mm-hmm. Cat Patrick Kane and Taves, against Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, my guy R&H? Of course, I'm all for it. Um, but the idea that if Chicago wins that series, man, hockey fans outside of Blackhawk fans are going to be pissed. I think they're going to be pissed. Oh, I'm sure they... They I think will be pissed already that they're in it, but it's going to be fun to watch for sure. Yes, people people are very upset that the two twelve seeds, the, the Canadians in the East and the Blackhawks in the West, got in. Yeah, you're exactly right. But I'm saying from a perspective of if I can sit down and watch and cherry pick games, the Oilers and Blackhawks, I think could be really fun. And I think you might get, I think you might get a couple six to fives. Yeah, seven six, good. eight yeah. sevens. I li- and I also the Oilers. I mean, they cannot. They don't play defense. Mm-hmm. Another theory, too, that they needed to adopt going forward yes, sir. is the top four teams, there's three of them from the Central, only one from the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And again, divisions are in place in the NHL for rivalries and also for geographical travel reasons. I will totally understand that. But yes. can we get rid of division seating? Like, just go with the top eight teams in a conference. If that means there are six Central Division teams that are oh, one through six, and then there's only two Pacific teams in, please go to that. Go mm-hmm. to that format. I love that they that the one through four in this situation has to prove it. I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little confused why the shootout applies to them and it doesn't apply to the plan tournament. Like, I, I, get, I get why. I got a question about that, That's too. separate, but, like, honestly, just make it all universal at that point. But I do like that they just said, we're going to take, we're not going to do the top two and two, there's only one Pacific team that was in the top four. That was Vegas, right? And you have to prove it with Dallas, St. Louis, and Chicago. So, so the, the top four, the top four teams in the East and the West in this tournament are going to play against each other while these playing games, qualifying round games, are going on, and they're going to do it because, rightfully so, they basically said we have to play. We can't, we can't not play, not play, not play, and then step in and play an underdog to us that just played games. I totally get that. But why don't they just have them play what amounts to exhibition games to get back playing this? They're going to reseed off the playing games. Okay. No, 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 no. Well, it's being kicked around, right? Like no, it's- no, it's done. So Boston, so Boston, which I believe in the president's trophy race is six points clear, could be the fourth seed if things don't go right in the play in, in their, in their games against the other top teams. Right. The point being is, I agree that the top four teams in each conference should be playing games to prepare themselves, but the reward should be the games are going to just get you back into the flow of games mm. instead of this trying to create this, you know, oh my goodness, the lightning is now the one seed. Or so, and it's not a huge deal, but it's sort of confusing because you very easily could have just allowed these teams to sort of ease back in and play games that had no stress as the reward for their success in the regular season. So again, this is why the NHL need, but they need to do this because if it was just exhibition games and they had no merit, like, yeah, people are so star for sports. I'm not going to say they wouldn't turn it on, but you got these playing qualifying round games going on. That's your crack cocaine right there. Sure. But d- you know what? Then just don't give some people crack. cocaine. can give everyone the crack cocaine, get, put, put, put the cocaine for everybody. 
All right, that's no I, the fans. No, no, no. I think you give them the 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 four Eastern series and the four Western, and then you tell the teams that you know had great seasons. Hey, you're going to play some games, but they're not going to be I also of importance. Don't think the scrim images, as I like to call them, uh, are going to be that beneficial for for those top teams. They want to actually play something meaningful. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great that the President's Trophy team on on might get yeah might get bumped out. Bumped I think out. it's okay. absolutely all great. right. All right. I am so sick. Right. of legacy and the old ways, and not just sports, but especially hockey. I can't stand this bull crap of, like, it, it's such a snooty nature in the hockey community. I was just talking to Phil Mackey about this yesterday, and I'm sorry going on a tangent here. But, like, mm. if you try to talk hockey with a purist, or if you try to talk hockey with a diehard hockey fan, it is like you have an up martini, and how dare you even come up and talk to me, the hot girl at the party? Well, baseball's, I can't baseball's worse than it. hockey. I disagree. Baseball's I, worse than hockey. I, I think hockey fans that are diehard hockey fans don't even give the light of day to anyone, and they just think they're absolute dumbasses. Sounds like you've had some bad experiences. I, I have had I'm some bad experiences. I've not had these bad experiences. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? And that kind of mindset is why your sports are dying. And why? Why there's not youth getting involved well, in it? Baseball's dying. And, and football's so, doing just fine. And a hockey, but ho- has, is hockey thriving? No, hockey's not thriving. Hockey will never thrive. It, it's that's a cult, why. That's it's why a cult sport. This truncated play and yeah, format no, is the best thing possible for the NHL. Just don't be don't be surprised if we never see these games played. That's that's for my sure. that's my point. I'm with you there. I'm 100 percent with you there. I just unfortunately I, to be the Debbie Downer of uh, Judd's hockey show right now. You always are. I'm not going to be surprised one bit if these games aren't played. And in fact, Declan, I'm going to tell you exactly why I hope they aren't played. I hope the season is canceled. Okay, here we go. And here's why. Judd's hot take. It's really not a hot take. Kirill Kaprasov. Now there there was a report out of Russia on Wednesday morning. That there was what a ninety-five percent chance that he's going to go back to the KHL to play the twenty twenty-one season, and Michael Russo of the Athletic checked with his sources and basically can't confirm that that's that's true. So this might be true; it might not be true. Mm-hmm. But we do know that in typical National Hockey League inconsistent fashion, ordinarily Kaprasov's KHL season comes to an end, and and exactly like a college hockey player he would have been eligible to join the Wild, let's say, in late March, early April, if they qualified for the playoffs, he could have played. That would have, if I'm not mistaken, triggered year one of his two-year entry-level contract, okay? Um, But the league has changed that rule because of COVID-19 and said, guys can't join teams for the playoffs now. A KHL or college player can sign his contract, but he's not eligible to play for you till 2021. The Kaprasov dynamic is... If the National Hockey League has their wish and resumes their season, let's say, circa August 1st, okay? Yep. They will then play their playoffs, which are going to take quite some time because this is not going to be a quick process. And that it sounds like the 2021 regular season would not start till somewhere around the 1st of January. And at this point in time, it's looking like the KHL will certainly start before that because they canceled their season, I think, a month and a half ago. So they were done playing. So all that being said, if they cancel the uh, 2019-20 season in the coming weeks and decide we can't do it or we couldn't reach an an agreement, odds are much stronger that they will start playing games at some point in time in the fall as opposed to the dead of winter. And that's going to give you a chance to sign Kaprasov, who then can say, okay, I can turn around and play pretty quickly. At this point in time, I don't blame him 
for jumping back to the KHL because he's probably saying, well, wait, wait, wait. If I can't play in your playoffs and then you're going to have playoffs off season, and let's say you start January 1st, I'd prefer to play in my home country much sooner than that. All of this leads me down the path that I believe that Kirill Kaprizov is going to be one of the most important players that the Wild has. The sooner he walks in the door and plays games for them, the better. I don't need to see, as starved as I am in some ways as a hockey fan to see the sport, I don't need to see the Wild play in what pretty much amounts to a cute little tournament when I think that your odds of getting Kaprizov increase by quite a bit if you can tell him, hey, the season's going to start November 1st. I want him to can I I want him playing more than I want to see the conclusion of this season which I which look this is fun to talk about and it's cool and I'm going to be upfront and say when I saw matchups on, on the TV screen I was thrilled by but just thinking this out long term I want Kaprasov in that door as soon as possible Your thoughts All right this is going to be a very hockey coach and GM thing mm-hmm. but control what you can can control Okay, so what we can control is that this plan is in place, mm-hmm. and hopefully it can happen. What we do, we, what we what we can't control, is getting Kaprizov signed here due to his agent, and due to the season still being current, so he can't sign yet with free agency. You can't control those variables. So, in my opinion, let's hopefully let's put our eggs in the basket of getting this season resumed for summer hockey, play the summer hockey tournament. And if Kirill Kaprizov decides that, all right, well, I'm going to do another one-year deal in the KHL, and if the KHL, I think they start in October, and knowing Mother Russia, I, I would not be shocked at all if their season is, has no impact on COVID-19 and they're playing regardless because that's Russia. If the next regular season for the NHL doesn't start till January 1st, and the KHL season then ends in April, and your hockey season is only like a fourth fi- completed from the 21 season, Kaprizov can still come over here within the next nine months, nine to eight months. So I don't think it's an absolute death sentence that they can't sign Kaprizov and and that they should be looking to forego this playing tournament so they can get Kaprizov here sooner. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can. There's too many variables right now with the current state to get him over here. So play the playing tournament and worry about the logistics of signing him second. That's how I look at it. And I know that's not a unanimous decision among Wild fans. I, I'm, I'm sure there are people in your camp. I think that players and coaches to a certain degree fall into the camp of the phrase that you just used, control what you can control. If I run a team, if I'm, I'm a GM, I have to always worry about what I can't control. And I can't control if Kaprasov doesn't sign with me and he signs in the KHL. And I'm in real trouble if he signs a two-year contract there. I'm in real I want him in my under my wing ASAP. And if I can weigh, okay, we can complete this fun little experiment to bring the sport back, or I can get him signed, and I'm Bill Guerin, Leopold, the people that run the wild. I'm taking door two. But as a player, coach, you're right. I just don't see an upside here in completing what is a gimmick. And it's a fun gimmick. It's fine. But if I'm weighing, if I'm weighing the future of the good of my franchise and I'm saying, okay, we could play summer hockey and I can sort of get a look at things here and there. But for the most part, it's the same team. And 
You know, I'm sure I'm sure that Bill Guerin has made a decision on Dean and w- whether he truly wants to keep Dean or hire a guy like Dougie Waite. Um, I'm going with uh, I want that player because Kirill Kaprasov is a player that the Wild has not had since what Marion Gabrick. Correct. And if you get past Gabrick, a player they've never had. Like if this was a good player. I'd be with you all the way. I'd I say know. I'd say screw it. I know. But this is such an important they a lot of a lot of the next 5 years of this or more of this franchise's success rides on this kid's shoulders because players like him are so damn hard to find. Correct. That's my point. And I know. It, we, so I mean I I can see your your point and I don't think I don't think either of our points is a hot take. Um but man COVID-19 really screwed the wild because yeah, th- this kid would have signed. He wanted to sign. It would have been, you know, two year. It's done. No negotiation. And the clock is ticking now. And if you're the wild, this thing really, really stinks. Because I'm getting it tattooed on my chest. I told, I've said it for the last two months. The wild got screwed the most out of COVID-19. I'm it, telling you. It's a high they, one. They, you're they, not, they you're got not screwed wrong. the absolute most of the NHL. Team. Winter classic. Yeah. Do you think that that the 2000 what 2021 oh. season starts at Target Field mm. or do you think it gets pushed back by a year? I'm going to go option B. Unless we have and we're not going to like a vaccine or something because I don't see any way that that the wild signs off on, you know, it'd be a really good idea. Let's start social distancing at that game. And therefore, go from what forty some odd thousand fans to I don't know twenty or an empty stadium. I think it gets pushed back. I think it stays. Um, I think it stays the same because also the layout of how they're going to do this at any Winter Classic is always unique in in the in the stands. Mm-hmm. And I know they're trying to maximize revenue, so typically they're going to put seats in you know unorthodox places, and auxiliary and auxiliary seating will be all over the place, but. Because it's not a normal hockey arena, I think they can space out the fans. And I think they can figure out a plan that is safe and okay with everyone's health. But are you going to give up the money Yes, that if you have to space out the fans? Because the Winter Classic was given to the Wild now in large part to sell season tickets and to make as much as they possibly can because the building in St. Paul is no longer filled on a nightly basis. Right, but also we're losing money. So like it, it, how I look at it as we're n- we're not going to gain this money back. So like like not cut your losses, but accept what. But in one you year, if have. I get it, my stadium is full, and, and by that time there might be a vaccine. By that time, this might have all passed. I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. I think it happens. I think it happens on January first. I think it does. It's still seven months away, six months away. I I think it can happen. All right, sir. Let's go to this. All right. Your your thoughts, or as I termed it in my prep notes here. Your hottest take for what the Wild should do if and when the series against the Canucks is played, as far as guys who should play, as far as things that you would like to see. Do you have a a hot take or a strong opinion about what you would like to see? I just want to see if Kevin Fiala is still a superstar. That's what I want to see. I want to see, if is he still the guy? What if he comes back fat and like, Totally, dude. Big beard. It's a it's got a, a big Santa suit on. It's a, of a realistic wild possibility that th- some of these guys are just going to be out of shape. So, I, I, unfortunately, like 
we saw this great step forward over an eight-week stretch with Fial where it was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But now with this pause, is he still going to be that player? So my hot take is basically not asking, is Kevin Fiala the same player? But don't be surprised if Kevin Fiala has got some rust to him. Like, don't be surprised if they all Kevin, will, Fiala can't, yeah, Kevin Fiala can't carry you and be the dynamic player he was down the stretch over the, over the year of 2020 to start. So I think that would be my initial hot take. And just be cautious and 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 make sure that your players are in good shape. And honestly, I'm just I want hockey back. So I'll take uh, if the Wild gets swept and they lose every game six nothing, I'll still be satisfied because I got to watch hockey. Training camps will be um, right now are estimated to be about three weeks in time too. Okay, so three week camps and then they would go to this qualifying uh, tournament. All right, my fur my I've got two. My first one is not a hot take. Uh, but it is a mandate that if I was Bill Guerin, I would absolutely make, and I would prefer to see him play top six because it's a gimmick and because, to me, this entire thing is going to be about finding out about players. Ryan Donato is not being scratched. I'm playing Donato. Third line's up fine, too. But Ryan Donato's playing, so none of this, oh, I don't like how he played in this game. This whole thing is a perfect time. If If you are a team like the Wild, this is a time to find out about guys. Now, if a guy sucks, don't play him. I get that. But we we talked about this on Judd's Hockey Podcast with the side of Declan long before COVID-19 hit. We both agree Ryan Donato does not suck. He's got deficiencies. But you need to find out. So my mandate is this kid plays. So we don't screw around with him. We don't bench him. We don't say, well, this is unfair to Eric Stahl's quest for a cup. Bleep that at this point, okay? Uh, Ryan Donato plays. My second one I thought was a hot take until I, uh, I <laughs> called up the story by uh, our friend Russo from The Athletic today. Friend of the show. A notebook that he did, and I believe this was something like his second or third note. It, it starts with Kaprasov. Um, but his second or third note was about the, the presence of minor league players who are going to be allowed basically on the big league roster as a taxi squad because obviously their seasons have been canceled. And it broaches the topic of a guy who I've decided I would play in goal. I would play Kapo Kakinen in goal. He starts game one. For I would start him game one. And I would play him, and he would be, unless the young man started crying and curling up in the fetal position in net, he's my goaltender. Because, again, if I'm the Wild... I'm sorry, but I'm not going to look at, at this as a normal, we made the playoffs and this is a playoff season. Listen, and this doesn't mean that you're not taking hockey seriously. Like, he doesn't suck. We saw him play. He's not too bad. Yeah, he played well. Okay. But he is potentially, and I don't know this for sure, but he is, and I think, Declan, that we agree on this, he is potentially your future, right? Yes. Okay. Alex Dela, God bless him. Nice backup. He's not your future. No. Devin Dubnik is a guy... Who, who, first of all, might not want to go and play, in which case I think if Devin elects to stay with his family, you tell him, Devin, that's absolutely your choice. And Devin Dubnik at this point in time, I think it's very fair to say, is not your future. Kapo Kakinen might be. You've got a chance to put him in a high-pressure situation in which he is going to have the ability to absolutely thrive, short series, my hottest take, and I don't think it's outlandish Given the circumstances that we're in right now, I would start cocking in, in game one in goal, and he would be the goaltender that I would attempt to ride. And I know some people won't like that, but my God, think about how much that you could find out about this guy in a relatively short time. I think uh, 
and this is me poo-pooing you, I think that has like a less than 2% chance of happening that, oh, he, that, probably agree that, that he starts game one. I agree with you. But I, I, would, I would not put out a fact that he could get some time. He could absolutely start a game. He could start game two. He could start the rubber match in game three. I think Alex Stalock starts. He's deserved to be the number one guy. So I think he'll he'll get he'll get the nod. Yep. But with Capo Kakin being HL goalie of the year, he's had a little bit of a cup of coffee here. I'm at the point again, and I'm not gonna these are two different players, but Capo, in my opinion, has mostly now accomplished everything there is to accomplish at the AHL level. They might maybe a little bit more sprinkling here and there if it was a new season or whatever. He I get could, your point totally. He, he could be on a, a shuttle. Yep. But he has now accomplished everything there is to accomplish in the AHL. Don't just bury him because you can't find a spot for him. Get him up here and give him time. And so if, if let's say, this season is over and there was no COVID and we're going into the free agency, yep. I'd figure out a way to get rid of Dubnik, and I would roll with Staylock and Kapo Kakinen as my goalie tandem one and two for next year. The, I've said it to you before. The dumbest thing you can do mm-hmm. when you're in a salary cap league like the NHL is overpay for goaltending when your window is not there yet. And even though the wild are on the rise, the window is not there yet, people. It's not here. But what if this guy is is it Correct. too? The, so that's why you don't go out. And I don't know. I don't know the list of goalies that are free agents this, that were are free agents this summer. Sure. Do not, for the love of God, go out and give a four to five year deal to any goaltender. You find Alex. You find the Alex Stalocks Bill, of the world. Bill Guerin won't do that. He wouldn't. I don't think though. he but, wouldn't. But that's why. But let's say let's say this kid is the answer. Yes. And he plays well in, in a in air quotes playoff series, yeah. qualifying round series. And let's say he's the answer. He's the guy. Dubnik's not. Right. Staylock can be the backup as long as he probably wants, and he's great in that role, and I think he's good there. And and if if we don't have COVID-19 and we go into April and the Wild squeaks in, okay? They mm-hmm. squeak in. They're a wild card eight or something like that. At that point in time, I never would have suggested this. I would have said, if Staylock's playing well, he has to play. Yeah. But at this point, Unfortunately, at this point, fair is out the window. Yeah. Like nothing's fair. I know. Nothing's fair in sports right now. Nothing's fair in life right now. So fair is gone. This is an opportunity for me to look into the future. How how often does this opportunity present itself in sports? You are given the the a window, a very brief one potentially, to basically examine your future. So that when you start up again in, I don't know, January, uh, Questions are answered. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I play Donato a lot, I got my answers. Right, I can answer those questions in three games because I'm going to have a lot more knowledge about what he can do and pressure with extensive playing time, perhaps. But goaltending wise, if the Wild had another goaltender and Dubna, or you know if Devin was still playing pretty well or something, I wouldn't say this either. But we've talked about this a thousand times. They don't. This kid might be good. All Find right. out. Find out, and yeah, that's what that's what I just don't want to do. I don't want to just sign a goaltender just to no. sign one. You you don't think like, they would do all right, that, do you? I don't think so. I don't think so. But like Florida, I've, uh, I've been using this example for nine months now. Florida thought their window was open, and I I don't commend I don't I don't kick them because that they thought that 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 their window wasn't open. It was. They had a good offense. Yes, they looked at it and they said, you know, if we get a really good goalie here, we have a decent defense. We can score the puck. We should. We can make a run Did in the you East. Just say score the puck. Score Royce, the puck. Royce turned around from his trip to Brainer to come wring your neck. That's not the only thing he'd wring my neck He's about. Not happy so, with you. Yeah, go ahead. You overpaid for Bob. 
who yep. was a really good goalie, but also, again, you overpaid for him. He's he was, making like $9 million against the he cap. He was also a system goaltender because of the way the Torch plays in Columbus. So now now Florida's screwed. Oh, like, yeah. I don't see Bob going back to being the Vesna guy he was in Columbus. And now you're stuck with the worst goaltending contract, and now you will never be able to go make a run right. because so much of your salary cap is tied up on a guy that's handicapping you, and you're forcing him not to play him. I don't think Bill Guerin is going to, to make that mistake, but I just think— I think there's a very small percent chance that Koppel plays. I just think it makes a lot of sense if you think and about it. And the final point, of all the problems that we have, we have thrown at Devin Dubnik, even when he was at his peak, huh? his contract was never an issue. He is one of the most underpaid, best-valued goaltenders in the NHL. Yep. You, you can rag on Dubnik for the softies and everything else. The contract, one of the best in the league. you got to find a goalie under the right price, and I think Koppel is the guy that you want to figure out don't forget about Mason Shaw either, who is what your was your second round pick last year. You know he's not close to being in the NHL, right. but he's one of your highly regarded prospects. So this is a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Yep, and I Very just worked up. And well, it, it's a good problem to have. And the interesting thing is, you've got an opportunity to execute something that you ordinarily would never ever give thought to. So, final thoughts. I, I am. I am. Hub my cities. Thoughts are St. Paul, Chicago, or candidates. St. Paul, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver. Now, Canada has the problem of the 14-day quarantine, which I think is going to eliminate Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver from this mix. Typical. So if you had to pick two from St. Paul, or, yep, St. Paul, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and Pittsburgh, where are you going? Vegas and Minneapolis. Vegas has the hotel capacity. And even though they have one NHL professional arena, so you're putting arena, the East here. Yeah, I'm. 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 You're putting have, the Eastern teams yep, here. Yep. I think. I think Vegas is the most ideal situation for any hub city. Whether it's the, I know they they don't want to put the West teams there. You and whatever. so agree on this, but by the way. Vegas is number one by far. It, it, it's it's the best situation. Los Angeles is a cesspool. Sorry. Well, and and are there enough? There's not enough um, lodging around the Staples Center, right? Because you you want to keep this quarantine. Don't, as close as possible. Do not go to Los Angeles. That is last I on my list. I don't think they would. They are last. And Chicago doesn't have hotels around For God's United sakes, Center. I'd go up to the Iron Range before I'd go up to Los Angeles to resume this year. I don't think Dallas is Grand For- I will go to Grand Forks, you know, you North might be Dakota, right, before I go to Los it Angeles. Might be, it might be St. Paul, Vegas. You might be right. All right. I should write and that the East down. Would play, the East would play here then. Yep. That's fine. Totally okay with that. Okay. Look at me. Solving the NHL's issues one podcast guess, at a time. And guess who's not going to be allowed in? Not just fans. Us. Media. Yeah, yeah. All right, we are done. Judd's Hockey Show with a side of uh, Declan, a spirited episode because we actually had hockey to talk about. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Pass shoot score. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.